This is The Prather Point. Like Florida, the police school resource officer did not engage the shooter, but cops proned out parents from going in. The shooter Facebooked his intentions. A gamer alerted the FBI, but Facebook and the FBI, who are tracking everybody and everything, did nothing. The shooter was tranny, but fake news won't show you those photos, so I will. His mom was an addict because big pharma, fake news, and cartels want everyone addicted. CNN's national security analyst, Juliet Cayem, said that immigration enforcement in the Uvalde area should be suspended. How does the shooter living with his abuela afford $8,000 rifles, optics, kit, and a $70,000 F-250? Why is his therapist a hypnotist? Why were 50 illegals caught infilling Uvalde Wednesday? In New York City, public schools, and in in the U.S. Air Force Base in Ramstein, Germany, it's drag queen story time next month. Cops are with the Phoebes. Phoebes are with the clowns. Clowns with fake news. Fake news is with Big Gov. Big Gov is with Deep State. Deep State is Big Pharma and Big Tech. Big Pharma and Big Tech is who, wef, cartel, cabal. We are being decimated by design. We will triumph by teaming up. Team America and Team Global Freedom. Join or die. Didn't end with my firing for exposing DEA similar cartel deal. It began. It didn't end with the FBI framing Flynn to stop intelligence reform. It began. It didn't end with CIA's Russia lies, Mueller's phony report, nor Pelosi's fake impeachment. It began. It didn't end with a simultaneous election night blackout in the swing states. It began. It didn't end with corrupt capital cops sniping Ashley and torturing political prisoner patriots. It began. It didn't end with abandoning American children in Afghanistan while importing terrorists. It began. It didn't end with FBI false flags in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Texas. It began. And here and now, you arrogant and evil, foolish and and, um, (laughs) evil, enemies, foreign and domestic, nothing is ended. You've awakened the American David and filled us with terrible resolve. Your masks are for morons, your needles for Nazis, your shutdowns for sheep, surrender for slaves. We'll never surrender. We'll war on you. Our children will and theirs. In the end, we'll win. Boosted and betrayed, dumbed down and drugged up, the last of you screw tape scum will tear each other apart and we'll rebuild our republic on your bones. I'm a retired SOCOM soldier, former DIA intelligence clerk and ex-DEA special agent, targeted by the deep state, turned whistleblower, now your intelligence officer, repurposed as chaplain, leader, teacher, and truth teller. New mission, restore our fallen republic. Objective, defeat the deep state. Means, expose fake news, tools, truth, discernment, and free will. Welcome. I'm Jeff Prather, and this is the Prather Point. Welcome, everybody. If you haven't, please go to jeffreyprather.com and subscribe for my free newsletter. I also highly recommend you subscribe to patreon.com slash jeffreyprather at whatever level you can afford, $5, $15, and $25. I'm I'm putting up a lot of key information. Uh, My podcasts are free. Uh, tomorrow's Brighton show is free. You can also join locals for free, jeffreyprather.locals.com for free or for $5 uh, as well. But lots of resources. 
And as always, I'm highly recommending you join Team America or Team Global Freedom. This is not a Chuck Norris, Sylvester Stallone movie. We, are, we have to team up and work together to survive this. The enemy has arrayed against us. We have to do the same thing. Counter espionage and counter sabotage. A lot to get through today, so I'm going to jump right into it. So it has just come out, and I want to thank all of the uh, Team America intelligence folks sending me information uh, that are aware of what's going on uh, and uh, feed the information. That's what Team America is about, us working together uh, to expose them and their information influence operations. Uh, and so it's come out that there was a gamer online before the shooting who reported the shooter to the FBI right before the Ovalde uh, massacre, as I said in the beginning uh, of the show. And of course, the FBI did nothing because the FBI is in on it. They are behind it. Um, but the gamer, even playing these violent uh, video games, tried to do something uh, about it. But you've got to stop relying on the FBI. They are not there to help you. Uh, they are there to conspire against you. They have been bought out and sold out. And again, I graduated from the FBI Academy in 1990 because the DEA and the FBI have always been together. Uh, I posted that photo of me early on with my Colt uh, subgun and uh, badge and creds and my um, my Corvette. And I also found this the other day for those of you who want to see in storage there. Uh, but that was before DEA was corrupted and the FBI was less corrupted. So uh, American sovereignty is being sold out to the WHO, the World Health Organization, by the WEF, by the World Economic Forum, to control us because you control health, you control devices. Uh, we've talked about that ad nauseum. It's really important. Um, somebody was saying this Team America stuff is getting tiresome. Uh, good luck with that. See how that works out for you. Um, the fourth estate is the World Economic Forum um, and their partners, which is CNN. Again, Anderson Cooper, the only place he worked before CNN was the CIA. Uh, Colby, I just put out one of my deep state intel briefs uh, on Patreon and locals uh, talking about how Colby said, when the American public believes everything that we're saying, then we will be successful. The CIA doesn't collect intelligence. It collects people. It controls people through PSYOPs. The FBI does the same thing through influence operations. So that's CNN, the New York Times, the Chinese state media. Uh, that's why New York City public schools, after all this has happened, uh, are going to have more tranny story hours. That's why Ramstein Air Force Base is going to have more tranny story hours so that they can control us. They tranny the kids by drugging them uh, and then they get them to kill each other. Uh, Tatanka Yotanka, Tashunki um, Witko, Crazy Horse Sitting Bull were killed by their own folks. My teacher, Philip Casador, the Inde, uh, the Yin, the Apache uh, medicine person, was assaulted by fellow Apaches. That's what they do. There's nothing new about this. Yeshua was betrayed by Judas. There's nothing new about any of this. Uh, but they are doing this through the World Economic Forum, through the World Health uh, Organization. Uh, and at this that's going on right now, uh, Davos is plotting while the U.S. is rotting. Uh, they're meeting to, to, to talk about averting a global food crisis, which is actually about bringing about a global food crisis, staying the course for climate action uh, because they are losing the narrative on that. I'm seeing big chemtrails right over my uh, house now and feeling the effects of those. 
And years ago, I was told by special agent pilots about chemtrails, and I and I poo-pooed that, and I'm trying to get some an expert on there. If you have an expert that's willing to come on to talk about um, geoweaponry, harp, and chemtrails, I've reached out to uh, Climate Engineering, geowatch.com, haven't heard back from them. And Defining the U.S. in a Changing uh, World, literally the title says it all, they're going to define uh, what we are uh, as opposed to a Christian constitutional uh, nation. Uh, so again, we have lost, uh, according to a Chinese general, uh, they defeated the U.S. government in 2020. That was part of Xi's plan to defeat the United States government. They certainly have not defeated the American people. We are now in a nonviolent insurgency against our own government in our own uh, country. Uh, but uh, it is the great reset against the great resistance. Uh, and why is this happening? So as I said at the beginning, uh, this Evalde shooter, some poor kid living with his grandma because his, his mother is addicted. He's a, they're addicted because they want everyone addicted uh, through drugs to control health, to control them. So that's why connect the dots. And a lot of people are connecting the dots. And that's important. But you need to neighbor up, team up, link up and train up. Uh, because most of the folks are sheep. They are going to be slaughtered. Uh, and then a lot of the key policymakers uh, in medical systems, doctors advocating uh, the jab for five-year-olds, when they know better, they are slaves. Uh, so you have to find uh, alternative everything. Get your kids out of public schools. They're just going to drug them, mask them, tranny them, and let them be shot and hold the parents back. So how can you do that? Well, if you team up America, team with America, find a section in Team America, we're in 44 states, we have over 7,000 members, then in one area, you get a bunch of uh, moms and dads together and then alternate. I have a, had a lot of public school teachers before COVID in my dojo, and you alternate um, somebody each day teaching the kids. If you get to know each other, those are those extended circles of trust that I talk about all the time, that I've been developing for years. So maybe you have to work because the economy is that way. That's fine. I understand that. But you can take one day off a week. And if one mom or dad takes one day off a week to then become a consistent schedule to train kids at homeschool, then you're building relationship with, relationships with people you can trust. That's how you can do it. Or you can go find a doctor. Dr. Dr. Vliet was on the show a while back. Um, Dr. Orient's been on the show, uh, and you can get together and fund that family doctor. That's how you do it. But you can't do it alone. You can't just uh, put yourself on your own property. That's not how it's going to work. It's not um, uh, a Sylvester Stallone movie. It's the Magnificent Seven. It's Chicho no Samurai, the Seven Samurai. It's teaming up to get. That's together. That's how Special Forces uh, does it. That's what Team America and Team Global Freedom are designed to do. So let's take a deeper dive and look at uh, mass shootings. And I've done a lot of seminars on school security. Uh, I've done that for free. I've done that for pay. I've done uh, church uh, security seminars. And I've just posted on Patreon. And I'm going to post for the next couple of days a series of school uh, interdicting, stopping school shooters. So I put up one last night. Uh, at the senior level, at the $25 level, I just posted one. At the $5 level, I'll post one at the $15 level. 
and you can change those levels at any time, but that's training because I'm not having much time to do those seminars uh, anymore. Uh, but I've done those. Lots of schools do that. Those curriculums are out there, uh, but they are coming for the kids just like they came for the border kids because those were those were almost all Border Patrol kids of Border Patrol parents, and they want the uh, Uvalde uh, open so that they can bring illegals. That's why they brought in 50 illegals the next day. That's what they are doing. They're taking the terrain. It's very clear what they're doing. So an FBI, the FBI says a mass murder occurs when four, four people uh, are murdered. And we've seen an exponential growth during the last three decades. And in 2018 alone, there were 103 incidents of gunfire on school grounds, resulting in 53 murders, seven suicides, and 88 injuries. Um, so why is that happening now? There's America has always had lots of guns. Slaves, as I've said, freed themselves with guns. Tribal societies defended their lands and peoples with guns. Pioneers did the same thing. What has changed? The guns haven't changed. The drugs have changed. The health has changed. Americans are fattened up, dumbed down, and drugged up. Before COVID, I had about 25 or 30 kids in every kid's class. Most of the parents were public school teachers because they liked the way I disciplined their kids because they didn't know how. But when I talked to these parents, uh, they, were, they knew nothing about American history or heritage. They didn't know that the Democratic Party was the party of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, they didn't know that the Republicans and the NRA for, were formed uh, for slaves uh, to own guns and defend themselves. They know nothing of that. Public schools do nothing for your children. Get them out. Uh, I've had a lot of students that have left big church. You can come to Christ Connection Chaplaincy, ChristChaplaincy.com if you want. But get out of your big church uh, as well, because they are destroying you. They are decimating you. So um, all of this is due to selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs. Uh, and these are antidepressants. And um, clinical depression is a serious mental order that impacts how a person functions on a daily basis. According to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, um, a clinically uh, depressed patient must experience sadness, anxiety, feeling hopeless, feeling worthless, helpless, guilty, irritable, lack of energy, slow talking and moving, abnormal sleep patterns, abnormal weight changes, thoughts of death or suicide. Well, that's exactly what has been happening to America ever since uh, the bioweapon, and before as well. They are doing this on purpose. This is a fifth-generation biodigital weaponry attack. Uh, it was uh, cocaine. First it was marijuana, then it was cocaine. Now it's fentanyl, almost all from China. Then it was bioweapon number one. Then it was bioweapon number two, three, and four, jabs and boosters to implement the operating systems. And it's working very well for them but it's not the old kind of warfare. So uh, in the 1950s, the first generation of antidepressants hit the market um, and the FDA approved approval were monamine oxidase inhibitors known as MAOIs, um, but they can cause extremely high blood pressure. By the 50s, a new class of antidepressants became available, tricyclic antidepressants. And they're highly effective in treating um, 
depression as well. But of course, this is about lifestyle. This is about getting outside. If you've looked at my videos, you can see the teepee, the sweat lodge, the dowsing pool, uh, the garden, the horses, the corral. You have to live in both worlds. We weren't meant to sit in front of radiation screens uh, constantly. Fast forward to the 1980s, America's tranquilizer dependence was becoming problematic. Uh, and this is when um, the feds finally stepped in in 84 and classified quaaludes as a schedule one drug. Uh, as a DE agent, uh, you know, I worked this issue as well because there's a drug enforcement administration for legal drugs. It's not considered cool or romantic, like, you know, hitting the illegals, but it's just as bad, really. Um, so Valium, Valium is a benzo, um, benzodiazepine prescribed for anxiety. Uh, from 69 to 1982, in 78, the medication peaked. More than 2.3 billion pills were sold in the U.S., but Valium was highly addictive, um, and so that faded. In 1987, Prozac, the first SSRI, was released for depression. Along with it came the idea that depression could be the underlying cause of anxiety. Really interesting because one of my neighbors is a nurse, and she's talking about how she's on Prozac, which is ridiculous. If you look at, and I have nurses in my handgun class, and they're all overweight. They are healthcare professionals that are on drugs and overweight. So this makes no sense uh, because you are letting uh, the deep state drug you up and dumb you down for the slaughter. It's clear that's what is happening. Um, so... Uh, instead of doctors recommending specific medications, patients started uh, requesting medication that they saw on magazines or television. If you watch any of the big fake news channels, whether it's Newsmax, uh, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, they're basically all the same. Laura Ingram won't have me. Fox won't have me anymore because I, I tell much, too much of the truth. Uh, Tucker won't return my stuff anymore. Uh, every commercial is about big pharma. They want you using illegal drugs or illegal drugs. They want you drugged up so you're easily to con you're easily controlled. Uh, by 2010, 11% of Americans over the age of 12 were prescribed an antidepressant. Think about that for a second. And when I became a chaplain, I was amazed at how much abuse there was and how much drug use there was among people. Folks, drugs are not the answer. Any drug has to link up and match uh, with your system. Some drugs won't work. It can't link up. That, that means that you can achieve any state naturally. So I do a lot of that through prayer, through fasting, uh, through the sweat lodge, all of those things. You can achieve those things through breathing. Uh, there's a great bre uh, breath book out. There's a great Becoming Superman book out. Uh, you can write ChristChaplaincy.com and get our free uh, handbook uh, on all of that as well. But drugs are not going to do anything except drug you more. And when it comes to effectiveness, SSRIs don't appear to have an influence on those with moderate to severe depression, with virtually no improvement seen when comparing SSRI use to placebos. So it's not really doing anything except selling drugs. And remember, I became a whistleblower when I exposed the Sinaloa cartel, had a deal with the DEA, and then the Zambada trial, you can look it up, the DEA agents raised their hands and said, yes, we had a deal with the Sinaloa cartel in exchange for running guns south to the Sinaloa cartel, 
to let the Sinaloa cartel run drugs north. La Familia cartel uh, had a deal with the government of Mexico. Now the government of the United States and Mexico are the cartels. The World Health Organization are the cartels. Who is a cartel? It's one big cartel, and you have got to get out of it. So sometimes serotonin levels become too high. Um, and along with physical, uh, physical symptoms of excessive nerve activity, such as dilated pupils, elevated heart rate, high blood pressure, um, you may experience agitation, restlessness, confusion, anxiety, disorientation, excitement. These are all the things that we see now. I can't hardly drive to the dojo without somebody freaking out. Um, so uh, America is highly over-diagnosed and highly uh, over-prescribing. I have uh, a family, a, a tale of a couple families is one family trained with me. Uh, well, the dad trained with me in my handgun class, became a black shirt, a black belt, but did not subscribe to any of my spiritual teachings. Uh, and uh, eventually the daughter shot herself with his handgun and then the wife killed herself. And now that guy has left. I have another family uh, that they've trained with me. And again, I'm not talking about people who don't like me. I'm talking about people who really like my stuff and train with me for years. Another family, uh, their kids, again, public school teachers, uh, but their kids are uh, trannied uh, or committing suicide or having addiction issues uh, because, again, they're ignoring the spiritual component, component which is Judeo-Christian native. you got to have a spiritual connection to establish national ethics, so you establish morals, uh, and they aren't going to make it uh, either. Another family, another school teachers, they are training. They are in the dojo. They're in HMAC. They're in the chaplaincy. They are making progress. Their kid came in. He was all over the place when he was little. Now he is one of my best students. You have to create an alternative lifestyle. Pop culture is just going to kill you after they addict you. So there's a story, a quick story of uh, three families. And again, this isn't people who don't know me, uh, who like my, all of them like my stuff, but they stick with everything that they are told. Just like the nurse next door said, oh, the Prozac isn't helping. Well, of course the Prozac isn't helping. It's, it is a symptom. You have to treat the source. And the source is a spiritual connection. I'm saying that source is the Christ connection, but you can call it quantum entanglement. You can call it DE. You can call it Bob. I don't care. But you have to have a connection beyond yourself. But the risk of violent behavior uh, is higher uh, on SSRIs, and the FDA has mandated a black box warnings uh, that say that, saying since 2004, all antidepressants in the U.S. are labeled with anxiety, agitation, panic attacks, Insomnia, irritability, hostility, aggressiveness, impulsivity, hypomania have been reported in adult and pediatric uh, patients with all of these. So they are drugging everyone up, just like they drugged up the shooter and hypnotized him and trained him to kill the other students, just like what New York City is doing, just like Ramstein Air Force Base is doing. Uh, as well. In one study published in the American Journal of Psychiatry, patients suffering from depression but free of serious suicidal uh, ideation were given fluoxetine. Within two to seven weeks of starting the medication, six patients developed an intense preoccupation with violent 
suicide. Although all were immediately taken off the medication, this preoccupation persisted from three days to three months, depending on the case. In all six cases, the patient had never experienced such a severe level of depression or troubled state of mind before or with other psychotropic uh, prescriptions. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Surveillance for Violent Deaths in 2013, 35.3% of those who committed suicide tested positive for antidepressants at the time of their death. So I talk to team leaders all the time. I'm like, you should get in the chaplaincy. You should read my book, Initiation. You have to have an alternative going back to the way we were designed. We weren't designed to be injected with all these drugs constantly. We weren't designed to sit in front of radiated screens. Uh, we were designed to be in connection to the creator in the creation. So some of the side effects caused by SSRIs can increase the risk of violence against other. Perhaps the most risky emotional blunting or detachment has been linked to SSRI use. And many people who've taken the drugs report not feeling or not caring about anything. There's also been established causal relationship between SSRI use and psychosis and hallucinations, both of which are known to increase the risk of violence in individuals. According to a review of the FDA's database, 484 drugs were identified as triggers to serious adverse events um, to warrant a case study during the five-year period between 2004 through 2009. Of these 484 medications, 31 were identified to have a disproportionate association with violence. It's not about guns. There's always been guns. Before there were guns, there were bows and arrows. Researchers concluded that violence against others was a genuine and serious adverse drug event. And that of the 484 medications, the drugs that were most consistently and strongly associated with violence were the smoking cessation medication, uh, varicinoline, Chantix, and SSRIs. While this is, may be a surprise to the American public, this shouldn't be, have been a surprise to the drug companies. During the clinical trials for paroxetine hostility, which was the term to include homicidal idealization and aggression, presented in 60 of the 9,219 participants. Hostile acts were documented while both taking the medication and after tapering off. Children with obsessive compulsive disorder taking the medications were the most at risk for becoming hostile with a 17 times higher probability than the rest of those uh, as well. So it's very clear what they are doing. So you can either pay attention and develop an alternative system for yourselves, or you can die. You can be a sheep or you can be a slave. And so that's why I'm recommending join Team America, figure things out. In Team America, just don't have meetings or just don't talk about yourself. Get things done. The cops are cut. The military is castrated. Nobody is coming. It's up to us, but we can do this, but you have to um, join up, team up, link up, and train up and prepare for what's coming. In various states, uh, they are doing uh, great work. Arizona, Florida, Wisconsin, um, uh, in other countries. So we're in 44 states with 7,000 members. We're in 19 countries uh, and working together. <clears throat> but all I can do is offer you 
the advice and leadership. You have to do it. If you want to keep thinking that the FBI are on your side and that uh, the police are going to do it for you uh, and the drugs are going to do it for you, then I'm not going to be able to help you. It's That's just not going to work. Anyway, so uh, there is the photo uh, of the Ovalde shooter. There's others up on. I'll take a quick look here before I'm going to bring on my guest. I've got political moonshine uh, back. Uh, Great Epiphany, Violent Games. Yes, Violent Games uh, are part of that. And uh, I'm a friend of uh, Lieutenant Colonel Grossman, who wrote on killing. I've been through his seminars and read all his books when I was in law enforcement, when I was in the military. If you're a professional warrior, you probably know Grossman. I've also gotten to do seminars with him. And he's put he has put uh, causation together there uh, as well with all of that. Uh, and again, you've got to monitor what your children are doing uh, and watching. Uh, that's really important. Uh, yeah, talking about the water here as I look around. Yeah, so you should have a Berkey uh, water filter because all of that ties into um, the particulates in the chemtrail. Everything's being poisoned uh, here. Uh, turkey pox coming November. Okay. So what you need to do is uh, identify who is like-minded, get to work on them, try and bring people along. If they don't want to come along, eventually you got to close the door on the ark that they cannot stay with you. So uh, going to bring on uh, my great guest, political moonshine. Welcome back. Uh, so glad to have you. Everybody was raving about um, uh, the show the other day and very, very helpful. Great. Uh, thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, so I'm going to switch over here now. I've gone a little long on Yankee Tango, but uh, somebody was like, why are you leaving? I'm leaving because we're censored there. And so we can't talk freely. So you can continue to watch the show on Rumble, Rockfin, Jeffrey Prather, CloudHub, all of those, uh, but this is how everybody does it now. So uh, stand by. You're going to have to continue the show uh, elsewhere. I'm going to sign off of Yankee Tango now. Okay, Jeff Prather on the Prather Point, back with you on Rumble, CloudHub, Rockfin, uh, with my great guest, Political Moonshine. Welcome back. And so we've talked about, I've kind of beat the tranny. Uh, terrorism thing to death, but now we're going to talk about Taiwan treachery. So you have the floor, sir. <laughs> well, I think in uh, in order to situate Taiwan, we have to understand uh, a basic concept. And I've, I've written, I think, 49 articles in an ongoing series about this. And it's, um, it's why I reached out last night. I, I think this is something the American people need to be made aware of. And they're certainly not going to um, find the analysis and um, the understanding of the evidence in the mainstream media. And quite frankly, it moves in a, in a pretty disturbing direction. Uh, the, the underlying premise here is that the United States is being positioned to be drawn into a multiple front war scenario. And it really goes down two lanes. It has two fronts. Um, the first front is China, as we know. And the second front is Russia and Ukraine. Um, but there's, there's additional components to it. 
And the most disturbing one um, is going to be the fact that we're actually being positioned to lose this war. I'm firmly convinced, um, based on not just the evidence, but statements coming from our own Department of Defense, um, statements coming from people like George Soros and others, um, that the, the outcome of this is predetermined and we're going to be subjugated to global governance. We're going to forego national sovereignty. We're going to fall under the umbrella of the United Nations. And in all of this, we'll start with China, and then we'll tie it back to Ukraine because it's, it, all wraps, it all wraps in together. And as soon as we start talking about China, we have to revisit what we talked about the other day, and that is One Belt, One Road, right? The BRI initiative, Belt Road Initiative. So with BRI, that's China's primary hegemonic and domestic doctrine. So it drives everything that they do. And there are two arms to BRI. One of them, the political arm, is the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. The other arm is the economic arm. The economic arm of BRI is something called the CEFC China Energy Company. And so we have a merging of timelines here. In October of 2013, as we talked about the other day, um, Joe Biden flew Hunter Biden to China and they separated for several days when they got back on Air Force Two. Uh, Hunter Biden had a $1.5 billion private equity deal through um, Bohai Harvest, BHR Partners, which is a, a prevalent uh, private equity firm that's problematic to the Bidens. Um, in addition to that, Hunter Biden actually signed on and agreed to be um, the CEFC chairman. His last name is Yi, Chairman Yi's personal attorney. So you have that, and that October 2013 timeline happens to overlap the beginning of the issues in Ukraine. And that timeline is 2013 into 2014, and it ties into foreign policy and diplomacy that came out of um, the Obama cartel. So you're talking about Obama, Biden, Clinton, Kerry, and Newland. And as we'll, as we'll draw this back to this point at the end, what they did there was they engaged in a series of, uh, of essentially um, coup d'etats where they were removing sitting, sitting presidents who didn't have an interest in two things, taking Ukraine into the European Union and uh, making Ukraine a member of NATO. And so we see this um, almost like a tit-for-tat action-reaction dynamic where Ukraine holds elections, um, these presidents are put in place, and if they balk on, if they balk on NATO membership, they're, they're promptly escorted out. And then we see that continuum carry all the way through um, into Zelensky. And so returning to this multiple front war scenario, um, I wrote an article back on the 6th of December in 2021, suggesting that we were being positioned um, in this, this dynamic of, of a two-front war. And what people need to understand is, um, if they know their history, drawing back to, to June 6th of 1944, the beginning of the end of World War II was opening up a second front um, on the Nazis. So um, this concept of being situated in a two-front war is a very highly concerning one. Um, moving forward in, um, in January 
of this year, January 5th of 2022, I wrote another article that introduced um, the two vectors of Ukraine and Taiwan related to this um, to this two-front dynamic. And it ties back to some previous work back in December of uh, 2021, where I projected that um, the, the unfolding, the beginning of this uh, multiple front war dynamic would be sometime after the 2021-2022 holiday season, because there's a replicable pattern that's been established by the, the deep state, if that's what we want to refer to them as, and it's the fact that they use the cover of things like national holidays when they go to unleash things like this on us. It was the same thing with COVID-19. Um, when COVID was unrolled on us, the, the news broke right around the 27th of December um, into uh, the 31st of December of 2019 under the cover of a national holiday. And so it made sense that any such um, outbreak on this multiple front war scenario would be sometime around that timeline. I predicted that it would be after the 2021 um, holiday season, and that's exactly when it began to unfold. And we got confirmation on that on the 24th of February, 2022, when Ukraine went hot um, and Putin made his first, first incursions into the nation. And then immediately after that, we saw um, Xi Jinping make incursions into Taiwan. Um, so let me jump in there. So, you know, I'm always saying that we're in World War Four because World War Three was a global war on terror. Doesn't matter how, how you um, phrase that. I think we're on the same sheet of music. I say that we've our U.S. government has lost a fifth generation war. Uh, against China, because I'm quoting the enemy. Uh, but the, the the plan of Xi was two-part. The first part was to defeat the United States, because the United States leads the world, um, defeat the United States government. That part has been completed, while we are now in an insurgency against our own government. But the second part was to rule the world. To rule the world, you should defeat the other major power, which was the Soviet Union, which became Russia. Uh, and so by by turning United States and NATO against Russia through Ukraine, China, get, and also feeding both enemies, China then gets to destroy second uh, superpower number two as well to rule the world. You agree with that, right? I do. I think what we're seeing is, if you want to phrase it this way, I think they're moving the uh, the hub of global operations out of the United States and into China. But in order for that to happen, the United States has to fall. In order for that to happen, we have to be softened up. And I, I'm clearly convinced that what Americans are experiencing now with inflation and gas prices and a food crisis um, and understanding that all of these, all these scenarios have been planned and, and practiced in precursory exercises. COVID-19 um, was uh, on the, what, the 18th of October of 2019, Event 201 was held. The same thing with the food crisis. There was a food chain reaction exercise that um, that preempted the food crisis. So all of this stuff, um, it's not happening. It's being done to us. And they've planned it and they're practicing it. And the evidence is there. You can go to their own websites and and find um, find the documents and, and find the information. Um, so the thing- 
So let me ask you one thing, because a lot of people are talking about uh, the Chinese invading America. And I say the Chinese have already invaded America. They're not going to put on um, their blue helmets aren't coming in. Chinese uniforms aren't coming in. That'd be the best thing that could ever happen. Yamamoto understood they've already invaded. But what you're saying is they're shifting the set as our cities rot and fall apart. They're shifting the, the center of uh, global uh, guidance to China. Is that what you're saying? That's what it looks like to me. You know. That's really interesting because, I mean, China has all kinds of problems and they have all kinds of problems because, uh, you know, they're a tyranny and that never works very well. So h- how well do you think that's working for them? I'm not so sure it matters. We have all kinds of problems, too. I mean, <laughs> go outside and look around, right? It's, it, you know, I'm, I'll be 51 here soon and never in my life did I expect that um, our country would be in the shape that it's in. And like I said, I think it ties right into Cloward Piven. I think we're, we're under the Chinese infiltrated us, right? That's, I wouldn't characterize it as an invasion. I mean, it is, but I, they infiltrated us. They either influence or own the majority of the, the relevant institutions and agencies and departments um, that, you know, at one point in time made this country what it is. And, through the mechanisms of Cloward and Piven, we're undergoing an internally controlled demolition. They're bringing this country down. Um, you know, you, you, you hit on some of those um, already. You start talking about the exportation of jobs to China by our own politicians, only to be turned around and replaced by substantial, huge amounts of imports of things like fentanyl, right? So we have drugs replacing jobs. I mean, the... You go to places like Baltimore, a lot of the old crown jewel cities, they're, they're, in abs- they're, they're in absolute dire straits. When you start looking at the opioid epidemic, the people living on the streets, the, um, the homeless camps, all of it. I mean, they're wrecking the entire country. And the same thing with, an, with unfettered and unmitigated um, immigration across the southern border. You know, they're overwhelming the systems to a point where the systems will be, they can't respond. They can't keep up. There won't be enough um, tax base and revenue to fund all of this stuff. And we're at a point where illegals, um, quite frankly, get a lot more benefits and privileges than the people who are born here or who are legalized here um, and who live here. And so when you really study Cloward Piven and you overlay it with the status quo, it, it, it becomes very difficult not to accept that, that that is what's happening. And so I, I always look at things from a utilitarian purpose, like what purpose does it serve? And I don't care how conspiratorial it sounds. Um, and I've written this in articles. It's like, don't ever let somebody tell you you didn't see something that you saw, right? And so I don't care how conspiratorial something may or may not sound. I look at its utilitarian purpose. And so what would be the purpose of deploying um, Cloward Piven and, 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 and literally deconstructing the United States? Um, at the same time, the United States is being dragged into a multiple front war. And the only thing that I can think of is that, you know, for the longest time, it was the United States and the United States military that was running roughshod, um, exercising hegemony, exer- and exercising colonialism, and, um, you know, going into foreign late uh, nations under false pretenses and doing it for, you know, 
to, to acquire natural resources or to influence politics or whatever. Um, and I think they're, I think they're moving the, the hub of operations and I think they're taking it to China. And quite frankly, when you look at what's going on with the WHO, um, with the pandemic health treaty and the uh, comments that you made the other day with respect to um, the Department of Justice and, and, and the judiciary of the United States, China makes a perfect makes a perfect hub of operations for for this new world order. And I know that sounds conspiratorial, but Joe Biden used that exact terminology just the other day. And so if you're going to we're going to if we're going to go through medical tyranny to introduce global governance, it's going to be enforced by Marxist communism. I mean, we talked about public education and I think I think China makes a perfect a perfect hub for global operations. and I think they're moving it there. And so that's okay with me because um, that to me just makes us uh, me more optimistic about winning. And let me say why, you know, my whole career has been against the enemy. And as a paratrooper, the first thing is, you know, when you, when you go into an airhead is you're surrounded, you're, you know, people say, Hey, we're surrounded. The answer is we're supposed to be surrounded. We're, We're paratroopers. So that's not a big deal to be, uh, surrounded, but when I look at China becoming the the hub, that's real interesting to me because what happened with the tyranny in the Soviet Union? Well, the Soviet Union, I I became a second lieutenant. I went on active duty when Reagan upped the economy and upped the military. And what happened? Soviet Union broke. They couldn't because there was no uh, middle class capitalism, small business engine against it. Uh, so what's happening in North Korea? You look at North, I was stationed in South Korea. You look at North Korea versus South Korea. South Korea is a booming economy. North Korea, there's no lights on. They're eating grass in each other. So I'm fine with China trying to control the world from China because I know how that's going to work out for them in the tyranny. They're not going to be able to do it. There's already rebellions uh, going on there. So that will just uh, enhance the resistance and enhance the insurgency. Of course, I'm not advocating anything illegal, immoral, unethical, or violent. Although this will go kinetic because it always goes kinetic, but they will not be able to control this from China. They will not be able to control this with robots. Uh, that just won't work. It never works. Tyrannies always fail. So I think that's actually real good news. I, um, but I'm all about conflict. <laughs> People don't understand that, but I'm all about conflict because after conflict comes resolution. But you've yeah. got to go through the conflict. This, this is Brad Pitt in Fury in the movie Fury. He goes, hey, I started off killing Nazis in Africa. Now I'm killing Nazis in Germany. This will end, but first got to kill some more Nazis. Um, so I have, concerns, I have concerns about the ending because, like I said, the, the two-front scenario for me is, is troubling, and it's going to be the same United Nations that rolled out the pandemic on us, the same United Nations that is looking to um, to sit atop the, the pyramid under global governance that would negotiate any form of a, um, you know, a, a post-war treaty with the, with the U.S. and with Russia and with China. So, um, and I, the other thing I think is problematic in terms of moving the hub of operations to, uh, to China is the fact um, that it would be a, a technocratic global plantation, so to speak. You start looking at the technology that is going into um um, vaccines where they're able to, to place uh, technology under your skin and, and, you know, have access to your biometrics at all times. And, um, 
the social credit system uh, that China has in place, the vaccine passport system, where people are going to be rendered to nothing other than a, a QR code. And so um, I, I get what you're saying about the USSR and, and the factors that led to its demise. I think it's different this time around because of technology. And I, I think people should, um, I'm not going to say maybe be afraid of it, but they should be aware of it and they should be concerned about it. Is that the, yeah. it, it, it creates for a different landscape, if you ask me. Well, certainly. And by the way, I want to tell everybody, I, even though I'm a dinosaur, I have gotten on the live chat on Rumble. So if you have questions, I'm looking at those and I can read those and put those to Political Moonshine uh, if you are um, so inclined. Um, so what do you think of, so I talk about how early on I started talking about how uh, Putin and Russia looked like they were an outside ally. I talk a lot about the enemy of my enemy is my ally. Putin and Russia are allies as the French blockaded the British during our revolution. And then the Russians were on the side of the North during our civil war and the English on the South side. Part of an insurgency is you always need that outside because you need to cut those boundaries off so that the, the uh, oppressive power can't be resupplied. How do you feel about that? Because I think definitely Putin and Russia are doing third generation um, war and real economy of gold, uh, oil, uh, gas uh, against the fake digital economy. It's a perfect. It's a. It's like you're reading my mind. It's a perfect return to where to where we left off. Um, first of all, President Trump and um, and Vladimir Putin found common ground, and they found common ground in pushing back against this globalist cartel. and And relations with Russia were normalized during that time. And since Trump has left office, things have obviously spiraled in downward fashion and fast. But the thing that's really important, I think, to understand about Putin's incursion on um, on Ukraine is that it's completely antithetical to the Western empire's narrative. Everything coming out of the mainstream media is wrong. None of it's right. It's all misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. The evidence stacks up that what Putin is actually doing is he's targeting those NATO locations that represent a, a decades-long encroachment on Russia's national sovereignty and their national defense. And a good analog to that would be just examining how the United States handled the, the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? The, the, what Russia is doing is really no different through that lens. And then the other angle that's really important ties right back to COVID-19, and it ties right back to biowarfare, because what, what's really occurring there. Um, according to the research I've been able to, to run down, is what Russia has explained to be a special operation. So they're targeting NATO locations and they're targeting U.S. Department of Defense biolabs that directly tie to an outfit called Metabiota that directly ties to the Bidens. And you can get into, I got into, I work with um, Garrett Ziegler and the Marco Polo team. I'm, I stay in constant contact with those guys and I dug into the Biden um, laptop emails just the other day, and um, I just searched Metabiota. You get you get three full pages of returns just from the search parameter of, of Metabiota alone. Yeah, um, and if you look at, look at uh, the Biden regime, it's very isolated, uh, and it can't go anywhere. He can't the, the double 
Uh, I mean, Peter Joe can't do anything. The devil can barely do anything at all. They're very isolated, just like North Korea is very isolated. The only way North Korea survives is by tossing another missile over Japan, and then somebody gives them more money. But, you know, North Korea can't attack anybody. Uh, I mean, they can attack and kill a lot of people, but they can't win anywhere. The Chinese are doing fifth-generational warfare because they know they can't win in third-generation warfare. The only way they can win is as I see it, is that we go along with it, which is why I'm always advocating to get out of the system. But I, I have a question here uh, saying, so what does what does political moonshine think we should be doing at this time? That's from one cubed. I think the most important thing that needs to happen is that people need to be actively involved in spreading the right information. I don't think that the American people can unify um, and begin to push back uh, without the right information. And I don't think we can get the country back without the American people being unified. I mean, they, 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 what's happening to us is right along the tenets of psychological warfare, state-sponsored propaganda, social programming, all of that stuff. And we have to overcome it. And, and it's overcome by getting the right information out there and getting people to, to just not respond to not just to receive it, but to consume it and come to understand it. And I keep saying this, it's like there's a distinct difference between what is happening and what is being done to us. Um, and once people can wrap their minds around what is actually being done to us, I think it becomes a, a way for others to bury partisan differences. Um, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I was a straight ballot. I, I grew up in the most Republican place in America. It's featured on 20, uh, 60 Minutes on two occasions. Like Democrats didn't even run in the primaries. It was just like, which Republicans going to win? Um, and I was a straight ballot voting Republican for a long time until um, someone who's actually still sound crazy. But uh, this person is a at the time was a devout communist, a devout socialist. He was as opposite in his ideology from mine as it could be. And he challenged me to look into 9-11 and, and the occurrences of, of those events and, and the story behind it. And, and I, was, I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I thought it was going to be, you know, what they said it was going to be. And I, but I took him up on the challenge. And, and at that point in time, um, I realized that things were not what we were told they were. And that was the point that basically began all of my curiosity with this stuff and it grew from there. And so I think, you know, for people on the left and all of the orange man, bad people, I think that COVID-19, if they'll just look into it, that can be, that can serve in the same way that 9-11 did, did for me. And then you come to understand that those two events, they're on the same timeline. It's a generational timeline and it all threads back to George H.W. Bush, at least on the, in a contemporary sense. So what, uh, I, we got to, so I say, I get a lot of flack sometimes when I go on guest appearances. I'm like, as far as I know, planes still flew into buildings. Uh, I was at ground zero, both ground zero shortly thereafter. It, do, do you agree that planes flew into buildings or you're not saying, I mean, but you can say whatever you want. Just ask. I, I think, I think arguments can be, be made on both sides. I think I tend to, to agree that planes were, were, uh, flown into buildings, but the, the problem rests in the science, right? Jet fuel doesn't reach a temperature hot enough to met, melt steel 
Modern concrete and steel and glass structures are built with like eight to nine hundred percent redundancy and strength. Um, flying an airplane into a, a modern skyscraper like that is like poking a pencil into a screen. That's like a two-dimensional analog, right? It's like poking a pencil into a screen. Well, the whole screen's not going to collapse. Somebody has to come up with an explanation for how Building 7 fell down in its own footprint at free fall speed that looks identical to um, controlled demolition. And not only that, there's you can find it on YouTube. If not, I've got it on the website somewhere. There's a, there's a picture of a BBC reporter talking about Building 7 collapsing, and the building is standing behind her at the time that she's making that report. That building was never hit by an airplane. It was never on fire to the extent that the other ones were, um, the North and South Towers. There were small fires in there, and it fell down in its own footprint. That defies the universal laws of physics, and it taints the entire story. So if you ask me, I don't think there's any question. I think I think that all three towers were brought down in an effort um, of controlled controlled demolition, just like you would go take down any archaic off, office building that needs to be torn down and and rebuilt. Um, you know, they said beforehand that we needed a new Pearl Harbor, and it certainly functioned like one. And that's a real interesting point. So again, I don't think we're in disagreement, and I think people should see that we can disagree on on parts, but we we disagree, we agree on what's going on. So something that came to my attention was um, Peerage that I had worked with started watching my show and then informed me about the Israeli art students who were infiltrated into the United States by the FBI into the towers. And, and tried to probe all the DEA offices because DEA wasn't totally corrupted uh, at that time. You know, and that all uh, ended up making a lot of sense to me. So, I mean, we can say planes flew into towers, but the buildings were uh, demolition. Certainly Building 7 was. I, ha- I happen to know that DEA New York was, it was forbidden. The agents were forbidden to go to ground zero, just like the parents wanted to go in, you know, Valde were proned out by the cops. Um, and so, you know, you just got to leave those kind of folks uh, behind and do everything yourself. Um, but there's an important point there. And that is, I think that um, the, the planes flying into buildings then was a Pearl Harbor moment. Mm-hmm. The Pearl Harbor moment is day of infamy speech. And that's an inflection point that lets people focus and unify and resist. And so what they've done uh, with COVID, with never saying it came out of China, never saying it was developed in Dietrich and went to Harvard and Lieber and all that stuff. Uh, and it's de- they're making sure there is no inflection point that focuses people. Now, everything uh, is uh, c- kind of decentralized and squishy so that people don't um, focus. Would you agree with that? I think you're probably right. I think the other thing to, to, to take in consideration with 9-11 is that they found uh, nanothermite at, at the at the scene of the, the destruction on the back end of it and kind of... I've always seen a lot of cars. Internal. So I'm seeing here, uh, CTP Coalition says, pre-wired, uh, mm-hmm. no planes hit those towers. That was CGI. Maybe. Uh, I've, I've seen Videos that suggest that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. and I know there's no, you know, I know there's the one little video real low at the Pentagon mm-hmm. uh, and everything. But but regardless, uh, if 
we understand now that they're doing things behind the scenes that they don't want us. They don't want that Pearl Harbor moment, that day of infamy moment or planes hitting the towers. You know, I have a little intro video that uh, Andy did for me and shows that that's an, that's a focus for everybody. That's like saying, remember the Alamo and they don't want any kind of focus uh, like that ever. That's really uh, important. So Mm -hmm. Your work, my work uh, is all really important that uh, to focus people on counter influence operations. You know, I started in PSYOP. I was in Fort PSYOP group uh, back in the day. Uh, And so that's really important. So what else do you think uh, we should be doing? You know, I'm saying join Team America and get and start with like minded folks. What else do you say we should be doing? I think you fight a virus like a virus. I've, I've been saying that in private dialogue with people for a long time. You know, they enroll this virus on us and we understand how, um, you know, a, a virus will replicate and spread and, and overtake a bot. We, we have to fight the same way. You have to, to do all the things you're saying. You have to integrate, you have to connect, you have to share. Um, but I think the, the most important aspect of that is getting reliable information into the hands of all Americans, getting them to be open-minded enough to look at it. And then at that point in time, there's a day of reconciliation for every single American. They have to make a decision to look at that information, valid, reliable information, to consume it, to take it on its face um, to the extent that it can't be countered, and then to accept it. And once the acceptance happens, that's when people start to put their political divisions aside and uh, start acting like Americans, quite frankly. Uh, Ghostwalker Airsoft Tech says, truth is the vaccine of lies. And CCW Coalition says the BBC broadcast was mistimed. And the WT- WTC7 was still standing. That's right. I mean, maybe that was a, uh, a forward a t- a tactical operations center uh, for the deep state. I don't know. I'm not a 9 9-11. I'm just saying you can't report that a building's fallen down if it's behind you, unless somebody told you to report that that building has fallen, fallen down, you know? So I think, you know, as we wrap here, that um, the point is to counter uh, the infection of lies with truth and then uh, get the message out there. I mean, I'm really honored that you, that this is your, you know, your first appearance. I know there'll be many more and you've repeated one. <laughs> I have teams. You're already linking those teams up behind the scenes to work together. And so people then can join uh, Team America at JeffreyBrady.com. And then because there's a ton of work there, you know, there's there's 7000 members, but there's a small and there, this is always the case. There's always just a small handful of folks actually doing doing the work. So th- if you want to know what what to do, uh, I mean, is there a way to join your team or, or is that a closed loop? Our, our team is a, is a very small team with a very specific purpose. Um, it, it's not, it's, it's different than what y'all are doing. So I, I, I'm not sure it's, I mean, I, I had to go through a process. I had to, I had to be introduced to a Senator. I had to meet with that Senator. That Senator introduced me to Dr. Ely. I had to meet with him and then I was invited on that team. And I was invited on that team because I had a work product that served that team. So it's a completely different thing. Um, what I would suggest is that, is that the American people should feel good about the fact that there are some brilliant people working really hard behind the scenes, and it's it's tactical. There's there's an a, there's a tactical agenda behind it, 
and it's a sage and, and smart one. Um, I know we're, we're probably running long on your segment here, but there are some really important things we should, we should uh, rattle off here on Taiwan that, that really is the meat and potatoes of all this. Um, if you can give me a minute or two, I'll, I'll get through them in succinct fashion. Okay, so going back to this concept of the special operation in Ukraine um, as one front in this war where we stand to be drawn into it uh, in, in conflict with Russia and the other front being um, a hot war with uh, China over Taiwan and the South China Sea. Here's what the people need to understand, and they probably don't. And I covered this in a March 2021 podcast. I I think it turned out like 10 of those things. Just I tried that shoe on for a minute. But in March of 2021, the actual date, the article was the 14th of March. The Department of Defense and the United States Air Force were going through a war game exercise. And the context for that exercise was a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. And in every single game exercise that they ran, the United States lost every single one and they lost in short order. And the department of defense's remedy for that was just to quit doing the exercise because they didn't have any answers. And that's really important. Okay. Because literally about a year later, it was on the 2nd of March of 2022. I wrote this in an article, the United States government came out and reversed its position on that and said, oh, no, we can completely handle a multiple front war scenario with focus on um, China and Taiwan and the South China Sea. So they're conflicting themselves. And again, I look at things from for a utilitarian purpose. How can you run all of these gaming exercises, come out and publicize that we can't win any of them, no matter what vac- uh, factors or variables they plug in, and then a year later you change your mind, uh, it makes no sense to me. The only thing that does make sense is that we're being positioned for a loss. And so all of this comes down to the developments last night, and there's there was a, there was a video that was released. Um, make sure I've got it quoted right here. It was a war mobilization meeting of the Standing Committee of the Provincial Communist Party of China, right? And you and I talked before we came on. This video is about 58 minutes long. It has English subtitles. And I watched the whole thing. I think I lined out like 36 of the most important aspects of that video. Um, If it's a hoax, it's a really elaborate hoax that would take quite a bit to put together. And I tend to agree with your assessment in the sense that I think it's a deliberate, I think it's a deliberate release. I think it was put out there on purpose. And that makes it messaging, right? So the Chinese are telling us that on top of everything else, on top of all the incursions they've already made into Taiwanese airspace, on top of all the rhetoric and all the other messaging, now this video is out there. And some of the language, and I'll say this too, the video's it's, it's kind of tough to read. It's, 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 um, it's technical. There's a lot of operational command considerations. I mean, it's military speak. Um, so it's, it, I left, you know, quite a bit of that stuff out, but some of the quotes that were pulled from that video uh, include this. We won't hesitate to start a war, crush Taiwan's independence and strong enemies plots. And then the other one, 
it is known that we now, I'm sorry, it is known that now we are really going to war. So within this video, you have the military and political leadership of China already coming out and saying, hey, this is going to happen. And so the research that I've done kind of boils down to two things. The Ukraine actually going hot in terms of the United States and Russia is contingent upon um, Taiwan going hot in the sense that as soon as Ukraine uh, goes hot, I, we would expect that Xi Jinping and China would immediately move on Taiwan and open a second front. And then that falls back on an informal defense agreement from 1979, but it's an informal agreement. It's not a bilateral treaty where we're, we're obligated, um, but in a sense we are. And it was compounded by the 1996 Taiwanese um, missile crisis. And it's further compounded by the fact that Joe Biden is already on the record saying that, yes, we will defend Taiwan if they're invaded by China. And then the White House had to walk that back. So when you start stacking all this stuff up, the, the timeline that, I'm, that I projected based on evidence that I saw has Taiwan going hot in August. And I'd leave the door cracked for that being sooner or later. And that means that you would expect to see um, the United States and Russia go hot in Ukraine slightly before that. And then, then we're in it. Then we're in a multiple front war, just like the Germans found themselves on June, uh, June 6th of 1944. And we'll be in that with not one, but two pandemics unrolled on us, monkeypox and COVID-19. Monkeypox is going to blow up. It's there. That's what they're doing. One of two things will happen there. They will either scare people into vaccination rates that satisfy them, or they will step on the accelerator and blow monkeypox up until they get those vaccination rates. So you'll have two pandemics and a global food crisis to contend with in addition to a multiple front war. And it's a multiple front war that according to our own Department of Defense, we're positioned to lose. We're positioned to lose just on the Taiwan front. And if they can't win only the Taiwan front, what makes us think that we can win against a multiple front war with Taiwan and Russia? Well, I, I would agree. So I would agree with that. The, the doctrine of a two war front has always been since World War II, when, because that was the defining doctrine is we had to fight the Japanese uh, and the Nazis simultaneously. But we really only won. We really only went on the defensive, on the offensive one at a time. That is, we we ceded a lot of ground and, and retreated a lot in the Pacific against the Japanese until the Nazis were beaten in Europe, and then all forces shifted there. So it really wasn't a simultaneous uh, advance. Eventually, you have to go on the offensive. Now, after World War II, when the OSS goes away and the, out of the OSS comes special forces and CIA, then we're not winning anything. We're, we uh, uh, tie in North in Korea War, then we lose in Vietnam, and then we uh, abandon everything in Afghanistan, uh, which we shouldn't have stayed there after three or four months uh, anyway. So that so that all makes sense. I would when I remember when this came out and they said um, we would lose to China, I laughed because China's aircraft carriers catch fire. 
Their troops aren't that good. The Indian troops just got into combatives hand-to-hand with them last year and broke their necks and were having parades. Um, so when they said that, I laughed. But now that they have castrated uh, and cuckolded the American military, and now they say, yes, we can win, now I'm thinking now the, the, the military has been reduced to a state. The 101st, um, I think, is replacing uh, the 82nd in Poland, which is the tactical operations center for Ukraine, which is our rapid deployment force. And so it can't go to um, Taiwan's aid or anything like that. Basically, no one's home left to defend uh, anything. And if there's a threat of nuclear war, then uh, they say, well, we can't have nuclear war. We kill everybody. So we've got to submit. So I think we're we're in agreement. We may look at it uh, a little bit differently uh, but I think that all makes sense. The, 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 more, the, bigger, I don't know. the bigger issue for me is that it's not China saying that we can't win a multiple front war. It's our own Department of Defense. Yeah, well, I, I don't believe <laughs> – I don't listen to those guys uh, at all. But the Marburg is similar to the monkeypox and that mm-hmm. the monkeypox is a, a – uh, homosexual orgy thing from what I understand, but the Marburg, I had Pete Chambers and Todd Calendar on talking about the Marburg release in, in the subway system uh, with the 5G. And I just put up a video showing how everybody glows and there's the operating systems that releases a much more deadly aspect therefore. So then they, they can be another shutdown. So that, that all makes sense to me. I, I agree with all of that. Yeah. Well, and I, I think to the, um, another distinction with with the multiple front war scenario is it's going to be one where both fronts um, they're going to open up concurrently and it's going to be in short order. As soon as as soon as um, Russia goes hot, China will move on. Xi Jinping and China will move on Taiwan about immediately, and we'll be drawn into it. We'll, we'll be fighting on on both fronts. Um, and now the other the other thing to to remember is you know what we already talked about is that um, all of this ties back to what the Bidens were doing in Ukraine with Burisma and energy deals, um, and then most specifically the Obama, Biden, Clinton, Kerry, and Newland foreign policy and diplomacy, where they were leveraging um, Nazi and neo-Nazi factions, which now manifest as the Azov Battalion in the uh, Ukrainian military. Um, And they were doing that to engage in, in political coup d'etats and install Ukrainian presidents that would be essentially theirs, right? Um, presidents who would align with um, the wishes of the European Union and would see to it that Ukraine would eventually become a member of NATO. Well, very good. Well, so um, before we wrap up, anything else you want to conclude with? I think people should keep a close eye on this, especially as it, as we get closer to August. I don't have a good feeling in my stomach about it. I think um, I think we have some tough times ahead of us. Agreed. Agreed. So uh, make sure you go to politicalmoonshine.com. And again, I think you should set up something, give, send, go uh, to your operations. We're going to work with you and support you in any way we can. Happy to have Dr. Ely on or whatever you want to do, let me know. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. 
uh, really appreciate. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, so let me uh, wrap up here. So as I wrap, this doesn't mean that we are going to lose this. I still say we are going to win this, although a lot of people are going to be or going to die. A lot of people are going to be enslaved. Uh, again, slaves know what's right, but they submit. Sheep don't know what's going on, and they go to the slaughter. But again, just like if you look at the tyranny of the Soviet Union, it fell. If you look at North Korea, they can't go anywhere. They will not be able to hold this. They're going to go trying to go for world control. There's already world resistance rising up against this. There's no way they can hold this. Doesn't mean a lot of people aren't going to die. Uh, things are going to get hard. And, and those who can get hard and live hard will triumph. But I don't see in the end that they can uh, enslave the world and hold the world. And again, depending on what insurgency you're looking at, it took um, Christianity about 300 years to overthrow the Roman Empire by out-loving them. They could not out-Sicaria them. Uh, but all of these uh, did uh, make it. So again, I don't want to leave anybody hopeless or faithless or fearful so fear not, God bless, keep the faith and hold fast. Uh, we are not always winning, but we will win this. But winning is difficult, demanding, and always expensive. As I've said, uh, tyrants always fall, tyrannies always fail. Graphene is not in our DNA. Freedom is, but freedom is never given. It is earned, it is fought for, it is won, it is taken. And each and every one of us are gonna have to get involved and take it.